Uh, one additional announcement I forgot to mention is if you are interested in receiving the flu shot, there's a sign-up sheet in the back and for you for you to sign. I believe it's September 16th is when they're going to be here. And so you can sign that when you have that opportunity. We're delighted to have Richard Massey with us this evening. He preaches for the Windmill Church of Christ near Weatherford, and he's been there for 13 years. He's a graduate from the Brown Trail School of Preaching, and he's been preaching for 39 years. He's done mission work in England, Jamaica, and the Philippines. He's also taught in two preacher schools, and he also serves as one of the elders at the Windmill Church of Christ. And again, we're delighted to have him with us to speak on that subject. Of what does the Bible have to say about a strong faith? I encourage you to give your attention to him and to the lesson that he presents to us this evening at this time. Really good to be back with you. I was here, I think, two years ago, and so good to be back on a beautiful day. <clears throat> and uh, we all are have the same goal in mind. We love God. We love His church. We love His Word. We want to go to heaven. We want to avoid hell. We want to, we want to be kind and loving to one another. And so we share all of that. And I'm glad you're here and we're glad to be together and meet one more time. And I uh, want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to talk about faith. You know, there's some great chapters in the Bible on certain subjects. There's the great chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. That's on the great subject of love. There's 1 Corinthians 15. That's on the great subject of the resurrection of the dead. And we have Hebrews chapter 11, and that's a, a great passage on faith. And so that's our subject tonight. We want to talk about faith. We want to have a strong faith. We don't want to have a weak faith. And uh, notice in this passage, let's read first of all verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. That's why this subject is so important tonight. Uh, we can't please God without faith. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That's what faith is. Faith is a believing. It's a conviction. And uh, not only must we believe that he is, but I like the last part of this verse as well. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And that's what we want to do. We're here tonight because God is a rewarder. We're here tonight because God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We want that reward. We want that crown of righteousness. It's called the crown of life. We want that crown. God is a rewarder. And uh, in this chapter, we have God rewarding these people. There is a whole list of people here who are faithful to God and they're people from the Old Testament, but they're in the New Testament. They're listed in the New Testament as examples for people in the New Testament of those who serve God in the Old Testament. And so we want to talk about that tonight. Now, there, faith comes in all shapes and sizes. There is the little faith that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 6, 30 and 31. We don't want that one. There's the shipwreck faith, 
in 1 Timothy chapter uh, 1, 20 and 19 and 20, we don't want to shipwreck faith. That's what happened to Titanic. It had a hole come in the hull and it went down to the bottom. We don't want to shipwreck faith. That's not a good one. And then in uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29, it talks about shrink back faith. We don't want to have a faith that shrinks back. We don't want to be afraid. We want, uh, we want the faith that the centurion had that Jesus met in Matthew 8. He had a strong faith. And Jesus said and commended that man, a soldier. He said, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in Israel. And so here was a man that had a great faith in Christ. And that's what we want to strive to have is a strong faith. Now, if we have a strong faith, faith is a victory. We sing a song, and it's from the Bible, First John 5 and 4. Faith is a victory that overcomes the world. And so a strong faith makes us a strong Christian. And then a whole group of strong Christians who have strong faith, that makes a strong congregation. And the stronger my faith is and your faith is, the stronger the church is going to be. And that means more souls are going to go to heaven. So that's what we want. We want to strengthen our faith. Now, the source of faith, I want to talk about that first of all. And look down to Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Well, the reason why Noah built the uh, ark was because he had heard from God. God warned him. So we all know that great verse in Romans 10 and 17. We can all quote that verse together. Some people say, I can't memorize the Bible. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, you know this verse. You know it as well as I do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All these people heard the word of God, and that's how we gain faith. I could get up here and tell a testimony. Somebody else could get up and tell a testimony. That doesn't build faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This book right here, that's how we're going to gain faith. A thousand testimonies won't, won't build anybody's faith. A hundred jokes won't build anybody's faith. Book reviews don't build anyone's faith. It's the Word of God. And that's why we're told to study to show ourselves approved unto God. So that when we study, we'll know God's Word and we'll, we'll have faith. That's why the Bible says, From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. And so we'll have a, oh, oh, faith, but it'll be a wise faith. We'll have a God-pleasing faith. Study to show thyself approved unto God, not approved of anyone else. And that's why preachers are charged, charged before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the living and the dead, Preach the word. Why? That's the source of faith. That's where faith comes from. Don't preach politics and don't preach uh, book reviews. Preach the word of God. And so that's what we're here to do tonight. Now, 
We're talking about faith tonight. We're talking about a strong faith. And we have said and stated faith comes by hearing the word of God. So we have to always rely upon the word of God in order to have faith. Now, another thing about faith is, look at verse 1. Now, faith is the substance. Faith, and some version says there, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like that word, evidence. Our faith is not based on nothing. Our faith is based upon evidence. Facts. You know what evidence is? Evidence is facts. And so faith is not based on something that doesn't exist. I think that's what some people believe. Well, we don't know if God exists or not, but we, we're going to go ahead and believe in him anyway. No, that's not, that's not the faith of the Bible. The faith of the Bible is based upon evidence. And, you know, here's evidence right here. The evidence is the word of God is one of the evidences. You know, God told Abraham, promised Abraham. Not only did he promise Abraham, but because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself that by two immutable things that he might have hope. And so we have substance. We have the word of God. That's one of the evidences. I told somebody I was going to be here tonight. That was my word. I told somebody I'd be here tonight. Guess what? I'm here. That person believed my word. And that person trusted my word because I gave my word. And I'm here. That's God. God gives his word. We trust in his word. His word is based upon factual evidence. It, ha it contains factual evidence. And so that's, that's what we want to understand. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And faith is... Based upon substance, it's based upon evidence, not based on nothing at all. Then look back at our text, verse number 2. For by it, that's faith, the it is the faith. For by it, the elders, the people we're reading about in this chapter, obtained a good report. That's what I want. I want a good report. Who'd that report come from? Some council over here, some shadowy figure. No, that, that good report came from God. And they're in this chapter here because of their good report from God. So faith will, will bring a good report from God. We're glad of that. We're thankful for that tonight. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for God's, God's a good report for us. And so as we study these people, let's, let's try to imitate them in this faith that they have. They have wonderful faith, uh, exemplary faith, and we want to follow them. But also, verse 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. And so we believe the word of God. We believe Genesis 1. We believe Genesis 2. We believe that God spake and it came to pass. God created the heavens and the earth. It was by his word. And so we put our confidence in that. There was nobody alive today or nobody alive at all that was there. 
We believe in the Word of God. God tells us what happened. And we believe it and we trust in it. And so there's, there's evidence. We understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Let me just list one thing that shows us that the scientists are not right concerning how the world came to exist. They say a big old explosion happened. Big old explosion. Have you ever seen an explosion of plastic make bowling balls? Have you ever seen an explosion of rubberized material make tennis balls? Explosions don't make spheres. You know, the earth is a sphere, the sun is a sphere, the moon is a sphere. That doesn't happen by accident. They're wrong. And the Bible is right. The sphere is uh, evidence of intelligent design. And so we can trust in the Word of God. And so we've talked about faith tonight. We've talked about the fact that we have to have it to please God, verse 7, verse 6. And we've talked about how, how it comes. It comes by hearing the Word of God, verse 7. We've talked about that it's substantive. It's, uh, it's based on evidence. It's not just from some, uh, some unknown, unprovable things. And we've talked about that it, it brings about a good report. And we th we're thankful for that. Now, let's talk about the people that are listed here because that's very important. God had these people listed Somebody says, well, who, who wrote the book of Hebrews? No, there's all these discussions, and, and I, I guess it's important. But listen, God wrote the Bible. We can all agree on that. God wrote the Bible. Uh, Paul, he just penned Ephesians. God authored Ephesians. And so God authored this book, and God wanted these people in this chapter as we are taught about faith. And the very first person here is Abel. By faith, Abel offered unto God. Now that's worship. Abel was a worshiper of God. And Abel was able to worship God correctly. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. There were two brothers there. They were both homeschooled. One turned out to be a good boy. One turned out to be not a good boy. Cain was the first modernist. He wanted to change the worship up. But Abel didn't want to do that. Abel worshiped by faith. He followed the instructions of God. And therefore, his sacrifice was more excellent than Cain's by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. You know what we have to do in order to obtain the witness of God that we are righteous? Worship the way he has authorized us to do. Don't be like Cain, and there are many Cains today. Cain was a, he was a change agent. We have change agents today who want to change the worship. They want to bring in instruments of music. They're not worshiping by faith. They want to bring in praise teams. That's not by faith. That's not by the instruction of God. 
And so we want to operate by faith like Abel did. He obtained a witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. God testified that the boy was right, that the man was right. God said he was right. That's all we've got to do is is do what God says. So that God can say we're right. We're right when we follow God's word. That's why God has all these warnings in his word. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. And those are warnings there because uh, people will change it. And he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had a faith that followed God's instructions on worship, on sacrificing. And he pleased God. You can do it. I can do it. We just simply follow God's word. The church of Christ exists on the earth today. The New Testament worship found in the Bible exists in the Lord's church today. People talk about, let's go to the restoration. Let's restore. The church is here. I'm a part of the church of Christ. I'm a part of the restored church of Christ. Now, we still have to fight battles today. There are still people trying to drift away and go away. That's always been, that was happening even during the days of the apostles. But if we're going to have the faith that the Bible talks about, we need to have the faith of Abel. That's going to do exactly what God said, exactly the way God said to do it, and for the purpose God intended it. And that's what Abel did. And he obtained a witness that he was righteous, and we're thankful that God testified of him, and though he's dead, he, he still speaks. He still speaks to us today. We're glad for his wonderful, wonderful example. You know what is amazing to me, always been amazing to me about old Cain? God spoke to him person to person. You know, sometimes we think, well, if that person would have God, if God could just talk to that person, God could straighten that person out. God's tried that. It's been tried. Whatever you're wondering about, it's already been tried in the Bible. God talked person to person with Cain. And you know what happened? Cain got worse. Cain got worse. Filled with malice. And killed his good brother. I feel sorry for Adam and Eve. Can you imagine parents that suffered the tragedy of one brother killing the other brother? What a sad, sad circumstance that was. But let's go on as we talk about faith tonight. And let's go to the next example that God puts in this book. And that's verse 5. By faith, Enoch. Now, all of these are by faith, aren't they? So faith is the subject of this chapter. By faith, Enoch was translated. That means he was removed. He was taken from the earth. Wow, that, that's amazing. He was translated that he should not see death. How did he do that? By faith. You want to know how to get to heaven? You don't want to know how to please God? You believe this book and you do what this book said. That's what Enoch did. And so he didn't even see death. He was such a pleaser of God. 
lived in an ancient, ancient time, and he pleased God. He received a good report, didn't he? He sure did. And God took him from this earth. You know what Enoch was concentrating on? Pleasing God. He wasn't there to please man. The Bible says in Galatians 1 and verse 10, if we are, we're pleasing men, we're not the servants of God. And so he, he walked with God. Amos 3 and 3, he agreed with God. Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, he walked with God, which means he agreed with God. You know, the New Testament says if you walk in the light as he is in the light, it's possible to do that. If he walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We're to do like Enoch did. We're to walk with God. We're to walk in the light of God's word. And so Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. I read that a moment ago and accidentally on Abel, but he pleased God. That's wonderful. That's wonderful news. You know, some people kind of have this attitude. Oh, you'll, you'll never please God. You'll never satisfy God. God has this high standard. It is high. Don't get me wrong. It is a high standard. It's the highest moral standard in all the world in this book. But we can endeavor. Are you doing wrong right now? Are you sinning right now? I don't think we are. We're doing God's will tonight. We're studying His Word. We're assembled with the church. We're studying His will. We can do it. We can live in a right way with God. We can do that. We just can't do it 365 days a year. We still need to ask God for forgiveness from time to time. But isn't that great? And so that's verse 5. And verse 6 says, and so it adds this in there. But without faith, Abel pleased him with faith. Enoch pleased him with faith. Well, what about without faith? Well, let me answer that question, God says. But without faith, it is impossible. It is impossible. And so faith is essential. Faith is required to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently. Well, he rewarded Abel, and he rewarded Enoch. He's a rewarder. That's what we find in this chapter as well. And then verse number 7. Verse number 7. Here's, here's one of the... These, these people are all amazing, tremendously amazing people. By faith, Noah, by faith, faith, faith comes by hearing the word of God, faith based on substance, faith based on the word of God. By faith, Noah being warned of God. Now, we're warned of God too, by the way. We're warned of God not to add anything to this book, not to take anything. With, we're warned of God about false teachers. We're warned of God about... Uh, Drifting and drifting away from the Lord, letting these things slip. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. We're warned of God. And we're warned of God also of the coming of Christ. Noah was warned of the destruction of the world by way of the flood. And we're warned of the coming of Christ again. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. We haven't seen the Lord come. We, we're going to see the earth pass away with a great noise. We're going to see it melt with a fervent heat. We're going to see it dissolved. 
You ever see one of them atomic bombs? Those atoms, those atoms doing whatever they do, whatever they do, boy, just burning each other up. That's what the whole world is made of atoms. Boy, when this thing goes up, burns up, maybe it's going to be an atomic reaction. I don't know. Sure, a lot of atoms. When those atoms go, they go. And so things not seen as yet. Watch this. Moved. That's what faith does. Faith gets takes action. That's what all these people did. Abel offered a sacrifice. Enoch walked with God. Please God. Action. Faith has to have action. But notice, he not only moved. When God told him what to do, he went and got his hammer. He went and got his axe and his saw and he got his plane and all his tools. He moved. But guess what? He moved with fear. Faith and fear. <clears throat> do a study on fear sometime. Go look up, uh, go get you a Strong's or go get a Concordance of some sort. And look at all the times fear is mentioned in the New Testament. And uh, there in Acts chapter 6, that, uh, that the church feared God and, and the church grew. Somebody says, oh no, you don't, you don't want to tell people to fear God. Oh yes, you do. By the way, look at the way people are acting today. They act like they're never going to give an answer for the way they behave. They need to hear a lesson or two on hell every once in a while. Even I need that. I, uh, I behave better when, when I hear about hell. I really do. I behave better when my parents gave me a spanking. We need, to, we need to be straightened up. He moved with fear. Fear. What did he do when he moved with fear? Well, he did what God said. He prepared an ark. Why did he do that? To the saving of his house. He prepared an ark to be saved. And by the way, the saving of his house. There were eight souls in that ark. Let's save our families. Listen, let's be sure that we save the people in our house like Noah did. And then it says, by the which he condemned the world. You know, he was a preacher of righteousness, the Bible says in 2 Peter 2 and 5. He was a preacher of righteousness. You know what we're preaching? We're preaching righteousness. You know what kind of world Noah lived in? He lived in a world that was not righteous. That's why God was going to destroy that world. It wasn't righteous, so his message went against the grain. The Bible goes against the grain of the world that we're living in. We're, going to, we're just going to have to have that. There's no way around that. When we preach this, somebody else is doing something else. They're doing the opposite of this. We can't get around that. And so he condemned the world and became... And I love this, heir of the righteousness which is by faith. You know, we have an inheritance. Christ is an heir. Christ has inherited all things. We're going to inherit it with him. And so we've got to move by faith, and we've got to take action. And, and we're not going to be living like the world. The reason why Noah was found grace in the eyes of God. Genesis 6, verses 8 and 9, he found grace in the eyes of God. Why? Because he was living differently. 
He wasn't living the same as everyone else. Everybody else outside of that ark died. The only ones that were saved were the eight people inside that ark. And so that's what faith will do. Faith will get in the church. And faith will stay in the church. And faith will build the church. That's our ark. The church is our ark. Noah had his ark. We've got our ark. Christ is coming back to save the church. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23. He's the savior of the body. And so our faith. You know, Noah built one ark. He built it out of one material. And one family got in that ark. We have one church, it's made out of one material, and that is souls that have heard the gospel and come out of the world and been baptized for the remission of their sins. They're Christians, the church is made of Christians and Christians only, and there's only one family in the church. Isn't that you see the similarities between the church and, and Noah? And so let's have the faith that Noah had. Let's move with fear. Let's hear the word of God. Let's hear the warnings of God. Let's be preachers of righteousness like he was, which means we can't always have a politically correct or socially correct message. We're not going to have that. He didn't have that. And we're not going to have that either. But let's have that faith. And then there's the great man of faith. There's Abraham. Oh, Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. Look what faith does. You read in verse 8? Obeyed. When God said in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3, Get thee out of thy country. That'd be like saying to you, Get out of Texas. Get out of Texas. Get away from your family. I love my family. I don't want to get away from my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, and, and my, my papa and my grandma. No, you get away from your family. You get out of your country. You know, Abraham had 300 trained servants born in his house, the Bible says. He was a man that had, he was a, I would call a super rancher. He had a great ranch. He had herds and flocks. He and Lot had huge herds. He was a very well-to-do man. How else could he go down into Egypt and talk to Pharaoh? He was a powerful man. But he took all of that and he wandered around. He wandered around. He never had anything on this earth that actually belonged. He didn't own any land after that. Beloved, this world is not our home. This isn't our home. Our, our citizenship, the Bible says, in, is in heaven. This is not our permanent dwelling place. And so let's have the mindset of Abraham. When God says, uh, come out of the world and be you separate, let's do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to do that. I want to do that because that's what your word tells me to do. Your word tells me not to lay up for myself treasures upon the earth, but treasures in heaven. Your, your word tells me to... Do not put your affections upon the things of the earth, but upon the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Yes, that's what I want to do. That's what Abraham did. He obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. That's what we are. First Peter 2 and 11 says we're pilgrims. We're sojourners here. 
as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. He didn't have a, a house any longer. He dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. Look at verse 10 now. This is what faith does, and this is what we're looking forward to. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Why did he get out of his country? Why did he go become a nomad? He became a nomad living in tents. And you know what? Sarah, the Bible says Sarah called him Lord. 1 Peter 3, verses 1 through 6. She respected her husband. She didn't say, why are you crazy? No, she went along too. They went together. They were a couple. They left together. And that's they were a faithful couple. We're going to talk about Sarah in just a second. And they looked for a city which hath foundation. That's what faith does. We're looking for heaven. And oh, what a beautiful description we have of that city in Revelation 21 and 22. What a beautiful, sparkling, shiny, beautiful, beautiful city we're looking forward to. And then we have Sarah. Through faith also Sarah herself, what? Received strength to conceive seed. You know, she was 90 years old. She had never had a child. 90. Can you imagine taking care of a child? Carrying a child? Giving birth to a child? What woman in here over 70 wants to do that? Yeah, I'll take a child. That's hard work. She was 90 years old. How did she have the strength to keep going in with her husband so that she could conceive? What motivated her? What drove her? The promises of God. Hebrews chapter 6. Read the last part of that chapter. That God promised Abraham. And so it was faith. And you know when, when we get old. How can you keep going to church? How can you? By faith that strengthens. As she was strengthened. To conceive seed. And was delivered of a child. Can you imagine that? When she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. God's made a promise to us. Listen, beloved, get them promises in your head. If you don't have God's promises in your head, you need to get them in your head. God's made some beautiful, beautiful promises to us. You know what drove her, what motivated her, what kept her going? You know, when he started telling Abraham, y'all are going to have a child, you're going to have a child. You know how old Abraham was? He was 75 years old. His child wasn't born till he was 100. And so for 25 years as an old man and her as an older lady, had to keep going. What motivated them? God's promise. God's made you a promise. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Get that promise in your head so that nobody can get it out. And it'll strengthen you and it'll motivate you just like it did this elderly woman. Look, verse 12, because she did that. Look at verse 12. Therefore sprang there even of one of him as good as dead. Abraham was good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky and multitude. 
And so they produced a huge nation of people because they had faith. As many as the stars in the sky and multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died. Are you on verse 13? Look at that next little preposition right there. These all died in faith. They didn't die out of faith. They died in faith, in their belief. Not having received the promises, they hadn't received the city, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. Were persuaded. What is faith? Faith is believing. Faith is trusting. Faith is persuaded people. We're persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. It's an unseen country. We haven't seen it yet either. And truly, and so we're, we're in that same situation. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen God. But I believe the highlight we talked about that sparkling city a moment ago, and I know you've read that last two chapters of the Bible. But I believe the highlight of the whole matter of going to heaven is going to be to see God and to see Jesus Christ. Created this massive creation. So much wisdom, so much intelligence. Men are still trying to search out matters of this creation. But we've got to press on here. I'd like to finish this chapter. I don't know if we're going to or not, but anyway. And verse 15, And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came, if they appreciated that country, if they'd been mindful of that country from which they came, if they had any treasures back there, they might have opportunity to, to have returned, but now they didn't go back, but now they desire a better country. That is unheavenly. That's what we share that with them. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Oh, I'm, 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 I like reading those words right there. God's not ashamed of his people. You know, Jesus was spit on and he was abused horrible, horrible, horrible. You talk about dirty work, dirty job. Jesus did it. Jesus did the dirtiest job in all the world. But you know, God was not ashamed of him. Many people may be ashamed of the gospel. Paul wasn't ashamed of the gospel. We don't need to be ashamed of this word. Don't be ashamed of what the Bible... Listen, you didn't write the Bible. God wrote the Bible. Don't be ashamed of what God wrote. Don't ever apologize for what the Bible says. Don't ever say, well, I'm sorry, but God said it's supposed to be a man and a woman. I'm not sorry for that. Don't be ashamed of marriage as a man and a woman. That's, we should never be ashamed of that. That's God's will. And so verse 17 says, oh, and by the way, look at this verse 17. And by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, you know what faith will do? And you know what this verse says so it doesn't hurt me go ahead and say it faith will obey the hard commands you know if that wasn't hard enough build an ark took 120 years to build the ark that was that was a challenge 
God challenges us. He challenged Noah. He challenged Sarah. You're going to have a child. It's a challenge to her. And he challenged Abraham. Oh, he loved that child. They loved that child. They doted over that child. Now, what does God say? By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered Isaac. And he that had received the promises, he'd see, he'd received the promise of his son. Offered up his only begotten son. What will faith do? Faith will obey when it's hard. When it's hard. And you don't really understand why. I don't believe Abraham really understood what, why is he telling me this? He promised me this child. I now have that child. I love that child. My heart is joined to that child. And so faith will obey. Faith will obey. Of whom it was said that Isaac shall thy seed be called. Now he's telling me to kill the child. The child, that, that was the seed. But notice, faith will think positively. Look at the positive thought in Abraham's head. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. He built that ark. I'm sorry. He built that altar. Put that wood in its place. Put his son down on top of that wood. Got the knife, put it in his hand, drew back his arm. What was going in his head? Positive thoughts. God's going to raise him up. God's going to raise him up. Let's think positively. I'm a big old negative thinker sometimes. Are you? Think negative, think negative. Listen, the Bible gives us all of the reason to be very positive. Very positive. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Let's think positive. Let's be optimistic. And so that was a hard thing for Abraham to do. But Abraham didn't think negative about it. He wasn't there crying over him. He just pulled that knife back. And of course, God stopped him. Isn't that beautiful? And so his faith, boy, we want to have that kind of faith. Everybody in here needs that kind of faith. That's the faith being presented to us. That's presented to us. Why? You be like Abraham. You be like him. You be willing to do whatever is necessary. And then verse 20 says, Listen, Isaac followed his father. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And then look, Jacob followed Isaac and Abraham. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning upon the top of his staff. He's an old man. So he followed in the faith. And then Joseph, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. And so Joseph and Isaac and Jacob, they all followed in that, that same course. They obeyed God. And then there was Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Listen, faith. You know, society may be saying, don't spank your child. 
uh, don't do this, this is not wise, this is not what we do. We listen to God. That's what faith does. We don't care if the king's command says don't do this. If God's command says do it, we do it anyway. We're not afraid of the king. Jesus said, fear not him that is able to destroy the body but not able to destroy the soul. Don't you fear man. All they can do is kill your body. And if they kill your body, they've only hurried you on along to your goal. That's all it is. But Jesus said, but fear him who's able to destroy both body and soul in hell. It's always been a remarkable statement to me. Body and soul, body and soul in hell. You know, for the Christian, this corruptible will put on incorruption. That's for the Christian. That's that First Corinthians 15 was for the Christian. What about the non-Christian? Jesus said, body and soul in hell. That's an interesting statement. Think about that. I've thought about it much. But uh, here, here, here's his parents. Boy, no wonder Moses had a great faith because his parents had a great faith. By, by faith, verse 24, uh, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, that was fame. That was notoriety. That You were somebody if you were uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You get to live in that big house. He refused that. He wasn't about to lay up for himself treasure. He wasn't about to put his affections on the things below Choosing rather, he chose. This is what faith will do. Faith will choose the more difficult path, if that's what it takes. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We'll choose the hard path. We'll choose the difficult way. By the way, that's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, the straight Way the narrow gate, the straight way. Straight means a difficult. It's narrow. It's hard. But look, look at the valuing system of Moses, verse twenty-six. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of. Look at that word. Respect to the recompense, the pay, going to be rewarded of the reward. God is a rewarder. And so get that promise in your head. God's a rewarder. That's what Moses had in his head. I'm going to turn my back on these riches of Egypt because God's got a greater reward. His reward is greater. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. That's what we're doing. We're enduring. We can't see God. We can't see Christ. One day we will. One day we'll see the beautiful Savior, Jesus Christ. Every eye will see Him, the Bible says. Through faith He kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood. You know, that's the first time they'd done that. God says, get a lamb of the first year, no blemish, no spot. On the 14th day of the month, you kill him, you slit his throat, you get the blood in the basin, you get the hyssop branch, and you put that blood on your doorpost and on the mantle of the door. Get it on there. He believed that. He believed it. God says, I'm coming through and on that night, and we're going to destroy the firstborn. 
They'd never seen that. They'd never seen anything like that before. But they believed God. There was evidence of the Word of God. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. You know, the, the Israelites said, oh, no, we're sunk now. They, God led them up to the sea, and the Egyptian army was coming. They said, oh, no, we're, we're goners now. We're done for. Moses said, you watch now. You watch the salvation of the Lord. You're fixing to see it. You know, we need to stick in. That's, that's, those kind of things, those facts need to stay in our head. God's going to save us. Nadab, um, sorry, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to throw you into the fiery furnace. We don't care. That's what faith will do. We don't care what you're going to do to us. God's going to save us. And even if he doesn't save us, we're still not going to obey. And then uh, they, which they, the Egyptians say to do, were drowned. God took care of the enemies. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down when they were compassed about seven days. And so God just, just starts listing all these things where these people were faithful. They were faithful. And then verse 31, I like this too. You know, Rahab, she was an immoral woman. She was immoral. She's mentioned several times in the New Testament. She's mentioned in James 2. Here's a woman that lived immorally, but she was saved. She was saved because she believed in God. She feared God, by the way. Remember when the, when the uh, spies came to her house? She said, we heard what God did to the Egyptians. We heard what God did to Sihon and Og, those other kings in their nation. And I don't, want to, I don't want that to happen to me. And so she was saved. She was an immoral woman. She didn't remain immoral. She cleaned up her life. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Now, then God just mentioned a bunch of other people here real quick. When you're feeling bad and when you feel like things aren't going very well for you, just read the last part of Hebrews 11, and you'll perk up. You'll see things are not that bad. Let me just read part of this. Uh, look at verse 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. You know, for about 300 years, those Christians, the first Christians in the first three centuries, oh, they were hunted down. They had to hide. They were thrown into what? I am so glad that we don't live under those conditions. Count your blessings. We're living in the best of times. We're free. And I know I don't agree with all the things going on in our world. I, I'm not saying the world is perfect. But I'm saying as far as Christians are concerned, we got a good life. Let's work. Let's use the conditions that we have, the peace and the good conditions to spread the gospel. And look at verse 37. They were stoned they were sawn asunder. I'm telling you, they dreamed up all kinds of ways to kill Christians. Were tempted, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins. When you're sitting there watching that color TV with that remote in your hand, and you got the lazy boy lever pulled back and your feet are sticking up there, you got it made. You got it made. They wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. 
and of whom the world was not worthy. Boy, these people were people of faith. Let's have the faith that we've been reading about tonight in, in uh, this great chapter. And let's have a strong faith. Let's study our Bibles. Let's believe the Word of God. Let's embed His wonderful principles into our heads. I'm glad you're here now. I, I know, I, I know you, you truly, you truly believe. I know you do. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. And I just want to commend you for being here tonight. God bless you. Bless your hearts. We're going to get to heaven. We're going to get there just like you did today. It's one day at a time. We're going to take one day at a time to get to heaven. We're going to pray every day. We're going to study our Bibles every day. We're going to seek to do good every day. We're going to come to church when the assemblies come. We're going to get to heaven. Every one of us, everybody in this room, we're going to heaven. We're going to get there. Let's keep encouraging one another. Let's be faithful to the Lord and to this church. Let's have as good a heart as we can possibly have, and we're going to get to heaven. We're going to be there. We're going to be neighbors. We're going to be neighbors in heaven. It's a peaceful thought. It's a wonderful thought. brings peace to our lives. We're thankful tonight. We're thankful for these great people who've gone on before. Abel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We're going to see them. They're going to be there. Because of their faith, their obedience to God, their love of God. So I just want to end by commending you. Now, we're going to have an invitation song. Maybe someone here has looked at their life and said, No, I, I've not been doing right. I haven't been serving the Lord the way I know I should. Maybe you need the prayers of church. Maybe you just need to go home tonight and kneel down at your bed and ask God to forgive you. I know we all need to do that, by the way, but, but maybe you need to come forward tonight. Maybe there's someone here who's never been baptized for the remission of your sins. That, that was true 2,000 years ago. Acts 2.38 was true 2,000 years ago, and it's still true today. To be saved, to have your sins washed away is still true now. It's just like 2 plus 2 was 4 2,000 years ago. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. It's still true today as well. And so the truth doesn't change. Truth is the same. Do you need to come and confess Christ before these that are gathered here and repent of your sins and be baptized or to come for the prayers of the brethren here? Won't you come as we stand inside?